You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros You Think Network. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Primetime with Charles Reese. However, I'm not your normal host, Mr. Charles Reese. My name is Lyndon Burton, and I'm filling in for Charles this afternoon because our guy Charles either had to get a root canal or he had to get one of his wisdom teeth out. I forget which one it was. However, we still wanted to put out an episode for you guys. The NBA draft just happened, as well as free agency is about to open. So who better to join me today than Jake Madison, host at the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as host on Locked On Pelicans. We discuss the new the draft, not only just Zion, but we discuss getting Jackson Hayes, Nikel Walker, Alexander, as well as the rest of the moves we made in the draft. We also discuss the impending free agency, as well as what Zion not only means to New Orleans on the court, but off the court. If you were at Fulton Street for the draft party, you can feel the excitement for these fans, for this new look Pelicans team is there. It's high. We haven't had this much excitement in the state for Pelicans basketball since Chris Paul was here. So, and me and Jake discussed that. We get into all that so we hope you enjoy our coverage of the pelicans and without further ado let's get into the interview with jake madison hello primetime fans and listeners of primetime podcast i'm not charles reese my name is lyndon burton the host of the bros podcast guest on primetime but i've got charles couldn't make it in time to do this interview but we're joined none other than by the host of the locked on Pelicans podcast, also contributed to the Locked On uh, Network and the Locked On website. Great, great guy. You'll see him in New Orleans radio. If you were at the Pelicans uh, draft day party on Fulton Street, he was there. We're joined none other than by Mr. Jake Madison. Jake, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Glad to have you on. Always glad to uh, have you on to just discuss basketball and all things Pelicans because we love your insight and your takes. Before we get started with talking about the draft and in the in the aftermath of everything that's been going on, what was your take on what we got from seeing Fulton Street popping? What's your take on just how Pelicans fans are responding to this new look team? It, it, it's been a lot of fun, and there's a lot of energy in the city around the the Pelicans and NBA basketball more so than I've ever seen before. And I've covered this team now for nine, ten years or so. And the enthusiasm and excitement is through the roof. You saw how many people there were down there on Fulton Street Pelicans Draft Fest. The estimates are, you know, between four and six thousand people. That's about, you know, three thousand more than they were really expecting. It sounds like so New Orleans really turned up for that, and it looked like it was Mardi Gras day down there. Just an absolute sea of red. People out celebrating. You know, I can tell you anecdotally, I've found a lot of people who are casually interested in the Pelicans are now very invested in this team. They're very excited about Zion Williamson coming in. Even on my podcast, it's been charting on iTunes really highly uh, the past couple of weeks, which is just Zion fever kind of taking control and getting people clued into this team that's been there for a while that maybe they didn't pay attention before. So really good for New Orleans. The Pelicans fans should be very happy. All the new Pelicans fans should be excited and just kind of good job, everybody, on all of this. 100%. And I agree with you. Just seeing our numbers when we talk about Zion have gone up, just seeing how the the people of New Orleans have just been excited, not only just New Orleans, around the state. Like, like you said, anecdotally, I can talk about just some of the people in Lafayette who, when we had Anthony Davis, were like, yeah, we'll watch the Pelicans because we're basketball guys. But, like, 
we're more concerned with insert superstar and team name from other states. And now that we have Zion, people around the state have been like, all right, now it's time to fully support this team. And seeing Zion just ask other people in New Orleans when he uh, when he was doing that thing with Swoon Cash and the team just uh, at that park or whatever, asking for food recommendations and just seeing how his father or his stepfather loves the city and just seeing how how much he's embracing it. Even Drew Brees sending him a jersey saying he's passing the torch. I, I don't remember Drew Brees telling Anthony Davis he would pass the torch to him. So it's just crazy seeing the the fire behind this team. I want to ask you, first off, for everybody out, out there, what are we getting from Zion both on the court and off the court now that he's officially a New Orleans Pelican? Yeah, I mean, you're getting a lot on the court. You're getting the best player coming into the NBA probably since Anthony Davis, and he's probably the most hyped prospect coming into the NBA since LeBron James. And this is a guy who, frankly, just kind of does it all. He's very good offensively. He's an absolute monster in transition. For a guy who's 6'9", maybe closer to 300 pounds, he moves just absolutely unbelievably so. Has tremendous explosiveness. He was known as that monster dunker all throughout college in his one season at Duke. And then he runs the floor well. He's a tenacious rebounder. He's a very good passer for a big man with his size. And his handles with the ball are great. You see him driving from the perimeter, putting in Euro steps and other moves on guys on his way to scoring at the rim. He did it without a lot of space around him, meaning... Maybe you don't need to put a bunch of three-point shooters around him. You still should do something like that. Basically, just gives you absolutely everything you want. There's a reason everyone looks at this guy as a future all-NBA player and potential MVP of the league. Defensively, he's he's just as good. And if you watch the film of him, it's it's unbelievable just the natural instincts that this guy possesses. You know, he's got the speed and athleticism to guard out on the wing. You're not really worried if he's out there on the three-point line instinctively he just knows when to make a play on the ball look at him poke the ball away for a steal or get his arms in the passing lane to pick the ball off and start a fast break that way he has unbelievable just leap ability and explosiveness to get up there for blocks he can time things incredibly well basically just gives you everything you want on the court it'll take him some time to adjust to the nba of course and likely he's really going to struggle defensively when he first gets into the league with the court being a little bit bigger the space being out there a little bit more but he's going to adjust pretty quick I think based on the off-court stuff, and that's the work ethic that he brings that everyone raves about. This dude just has a fire inside of him. He wants to compete. He wants to win basketball games and is solely focused on that. And it sounds like he's a bit of a gym rat, always looking to improve. And he said, you know, um, the night of the NBA draft, I think it was that he doesn't want to be considered, ever be considered a finished product. He always wants to look and keep improving and to kind of have that humbleness to him. That work ethic is something that's going to take you very far, you know, in almost anything you do, but particularly the NBA. No, 100%. And that's something that excites me. The, the last thing you said about how he's always continuing trying to work and make his game better. He doesn't want to be considered as the next insert star player here. He wants to be considered the first Zion and he's going to continue to make his game what he wants to compete at a star level. And that's exciting for, for New Orleans fans. But we've had we made other draft picks. We ended up getting rid of that fourth pick and we drafted Jackson Hayes along with Nikel Walker Alexander or Nikel Alexander Walker, I believe that's his name. But um what was your take on both Nikel and Jackson? What was your takes on the Pels draft and how David Griffin did for his first draft drafting for the Pelicans? Overall, I was really happy with everything. I was very high on Jackson Hayes coming into 
the NBA draft, not even thinking the Pelicans would have a chance at him, to be honest. He's a guy that in the Locked On NBA podcast mock draft we did actually ended up drafting for the Pelicans, albeit at 14 after hypothetically trading Anthony Davis away. So that's how high I am on the guy. If you're looking for a big to protect the rim, just a center to pair next to Zion Williamson, he fits a lot of what you're looking for. It's a guy who protects the rim, can block shots, and mean and make it so that Zion can play the four and not have to play that center position, giving him easier defensive assignments as he transitions into the NBA, which is only going to help him long term. Maybe you want him to be a center a couple of years down the line, but not right away. And so now you've got a guy that can soak up some of those center minutes and grow alongside Zion, and that's only going to be a good thing for New Orleans. He also has enough offensive game, and he's a former wide receiver. He had like an 11-inch growth spurt, I think, between his like junior and senior year, something like that. Former wide receiver in college, and he or not in college, in high school, and he runs like one, and you can kind of see it. So he's a guy that can get you easy points in transition, can run alongside Zion when it's in a break, and just has a lot of leap abilities. One of the better um, pick and roll bigs in the in coming into the league in a long time. So I think the fits there. And then at 17 with Nikhil uh, Alexander Walker, it's just a very good value pick for that guy. This is a guy. The, the numbers look great if you look at his statistics. The points he was averaging, that four assists per game, four rebounds per game as well, and he did it on very good three point shooting. So as you look to build this team around Zion Williamson, you do want to have some more shooting out there. And Alexander Walker is a guy that can get you that while also contributing in other ways. You know, you don't want him to be your primary ball handler, but you've got a team filled with guys that you don't necessarily, other than maybe Lonzo Ball, want to be the primary ball handler. So he can share duties with those guys. He can space the court as a spot-up shooter. Um, he's pretty good off the ball as well. He's got enough length and size to at least hold his own defensively. I think you wonder about his motors work ethic just a little bit, kind of based on watching him off ball. He kind of spaces out a little bit more than you would like to see. But overall, at 17, made a lot of sense, particularly with the need for shooting and getting one of the better shooters in the draft. No, 100%. And, in the pre- and I-, I really like that pick, along with Jackson Hayes. I really think that like you said, it allows to for you to have that young center to go with with uh, Zion to grow with him, as well as you have a guy adding shooting to the team because we've talked about this before. How much this team needs shooting? I mean, I played with this team on two K with like all the the young people and update, and it was like, oh, this team needs shooting because without it, it's going to be a lot of paint clogging, and you need to be able to space the floor. Now, David Griffin talked in his press conference about not having Zion be the savior, about allowing him to grow, allowing him to be a kid. This is still Drew Holiday's team. And with that being said that this is Drew Holiday's team, we have about $30, $31 million in cap space. How do you think we move in free agency? David Griffin said that he wants to add vets to build to this culture to go with our young core. Where do you see us going in free agency that's going to start on Sunday? You know, they can go in a number of different directions, and it's very exciting that they have more options than they have ever had before, which is really cool to see from this team with the cap space that they do have. So, you know, they might look to make a splash go after a guy like Al Horford, maybe a guy like um, Tobias Harris. They've been kind of somewhat linked to now recently by Shams over at The Athletic, though I don't know how true that's going to be, or even if they have a chance at those guys. And likely none of those things are going to really come to fruition. They're looking at maybe second and third tier free agents, given that it's a very young team. They're not going to be in title contention next season. So those guys like Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Kemba Walker, and the like, who might be the dream, probably aren't going to be the ones that are coming here because they want to go title contenders right away. 
But the Pelicans looking at, you know, second and third tier guys, guys that add to the locker room presence, add to the culture, are really what they're looking to bring in. Maybe a guy like Jared Dudley. You know, um, there's a couple of other guys out there that you could grab too that really add to it. They, they need to add another big, particularly one that does space the court. So a big who can shoot threes, whether that's bringing Nikola Mirotic back, maybe a guy like Brooke Lopez fits the bill as well. A guy in the mold of that, uh, Dwayne Deadman as well, would make a lot of sense. I think they'd like to see some more depth on the wing as well. Jared Dudley being a guy who can do that. Uh, maybe even a guy like Rudy Gay or someone who could come cheaper and still be a good scorer for you. They can bring a lot to this team. And then third, I think they're looking to kind of uh, maybe spend the money on another guard, maybe a point guard to pass the ball a little bit more. But I think that's a far third in the kind of pecking order of what they need right now. But don't look for them to be too active. This is a team that just because you have cap space doesn't mean you need to spend it in free agency. You know, it's not actually burning a hole in your pocket. And I think what they could look to do, what everyone's kind of talking about right now, is using that cap space during the regular season to take on bad contracts from other teams. Guys like Steven Adams, maybe Danilo Gallinari with the Los Angeles Clippers. If those teams attach future first-round picks or future assets to that deal, you're essentially renting your cap space to those teams for a short period of time to get future assets. And we've seen they really like that kind of thing with that Los Angeles Lakers deal that sent AD out. So I think that's the way they're really going to use it. But if they do get interest from a guy like Tobias Harris or one of those other big name free agents, they're certainly going to kick the tires on that. 100%. Being that we we did draft another guy by the name of Marco Silva, he seems like he's going to, from Brazil, it seems like he's going to be a draft and stash. We're, we're getting summer league coming. We signed some, some two-way guys as, well, one two-way guy because Trevin Blewett has the other uh, contract. We signed some, some I forget the name of the contract, but it, it's, it's a new contract where we can have them in summer league and then going to the G League. And when the G League comes, we'll send a coach down there with them as well. And when the G League guys come back, the coach will come back. Being that we have Trajan Langdon now in the in the fold, now we have our G League team. What can we expect from that G League team? Being that we see teams like the Spurs build their farm system, Denver Nuggets, how important it is for a small market team like ourselves. And being that now we have the people in position to actually lead. And now that we have our own G League team, what can we expect that what can we expect from that the G League team and how that can help our young core and eventually help our team grow? Yeah, you know, I think they're going to be looking at a, a number of ways to do it. And David Griffin said the G League is really going to be part of what they do and how they move going forward. And I think it's really good to see that. So they've got uh, Trevon Blewett on the two way. They also just signed uh, Zylan Chatham to another two way deal as well guy out of Arizona State who was a pretty good scorer and some range for the, from the forward spot. And basically, they'll be playing in the G League next year for the majority of the time. They get 45 days with the NBA club. And while they're going to be down in the G League, the Pelicans are going to send a what he called two-way coach with those guys to really help develop them, kind of keep them on the same page with what's going on with the Pelicans organization. The G League franchise's coaching staff is going to come to New Orleans and spend time here as well really learning how they want things to be run and integrating them fully to the coaching staff and really just being part of the organization. They did this anyway. You know, whenever Frank Jackson went down or Chuck Diallo went down, they also uh, sent another coach with him to really work with him during that time. So it's no surprise to see them do this. I think this is what most NBA teams do during this time anyway. So it's pretty smart. The other guys that they signed to some of the undrafted deals, 
Um, Aubrey Dawkins might be the name that everyone knows. They signed him to what's called an exhibit 10 deal. And this is basically, okay, come in for summer league for training camp. If we cut you, you go play for our G league team. And if you stay there for six months, you get like a $50,000 bonus. So it's a way just to kind of keep them tied to their own organization without them being officially on the roster or using up one of those two way deals and showing that the Pelicans want to invest in this side of things because those have been around for a little bit now and they haven't really used them. So now that they have the option to try and keep those guys here and really spend time, it shows they might try and bring them back next season, see if they've improved, if they have a chance to make the roster. And this is going to make a lot of those top undrafted guys want to sign with you. If they think that the Pelicans are the team they have the best chance to sign on with and catch on with, they'll sign with you after the draft for going all other teams. So I think it has dividends long-term and in the short term for the franchise. 100%. Well, we have a lot to look forward to being Pelicans fans and people who love this team. Not only do we have a, a, a plethora of young players and picks, we have Drew Holiday coming back. Jake, I want to ask you before we get out of here, give me the, the, the player or give me the players that you're most excited to see in a Pelicans uniform next season, not named Zion Williamson or Drew Holiday. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's pretty obvious. Who yeah. <laughs> rooting for here. I mean, there's a number of guys. You know, you can look at this kind of any sort of direction. You're going to see a guy like Lonzo Ball, who has a lot of room to grow with this team. He's an excellent passer. He's great defensively. And if he can figure it out a little bit more offensively, he has a chance to be a very, very special player in the league. I think that's wonderful to have here. He should excel in Alvin Gentry's system. He's certainly one of the guys I really like, and I'm very excited to see play here. Even a guy like Josh Hart, who also came over in the trade, it's already a fan favorite. He's put it, he's photoshopped himself, or probably someone did it for him, into a Pelicans jersey already. You know, he's a big video game player. It's kind of just fun to have those guys on the team that are also just very excited to be here in the first place. A lot of those guys coming over from the Lakers, just kind of getting a fresh start. I'm ex- really excited to see about. And like I said, I'm also very high on Jackson Hayes. So I want to see how he's going to do. And then even a guy like they've had for a while, Frank Jackson's going to have a bigger role with the club this year. He's going to get a chance to really go out and play. And this is a guy that they've drafted, and you want to see those guys do well. So overall, 100%. I, I agree with you. I'm super, super excited to see Lonzo. I think my two biggest excite- excitement to see would be Lonzo and to see Frank Jackson coming into his third year, but really his second year playing, playing with the team. Hopefully, Josh Hart, being such a big video guy, can finally get the Pels to get their 2K team. Because, look, I'm, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, Jake, I've been training my whole life to, to be playing for the Pelicans 2K team. And no one around my area, Baton Rouge to Lafayette, can beat me in 2K. So I'm ready to try out. I just, hopefully, Josh Hart can make some, some wheels turn with that. But Thank you so much, Jake, for coming on the show. Tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Tell them where they can catch the Locked On podcast and just tell them what you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake and then Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Locked On Pelicans, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is. Just search Locked On Pelicans. You'll find it right there. It's Monday through Friday, bringing you everything you need to know. There's a lot of news flying during free agency. There's a lot of moves yet to be made. We're also breaking down a lot of the different players, so getting you covered on everything you want to know. And if you're you know, a brand-new Pelicans fan, it's a good way to kind of get thrown right into the mix and learn more about this team. So definitely a fun time to be a Pelicans fan. 
No, I agree with you 100%. So you guys be sure to follow Jake and be sure to check out the Lockdown Podcast. I, for Pelicans coverage, that's the podcast I go to. So thank, so be sure to check that out. It's super, super great. Thank you, thank you, Jake, for coming on. We always love having you come on the podcast. Of course, always happy to be on with you guys. 100%. Back to you, Charles, to finish out the rest of primetime. I want to thank Jake for coming on the podcast again and really enjoyed our conversation. You guys be sure to follow him at Jake Madison. Be sure to check out his podcast, The Locked on Pelicans. If you want a deeper dive into Pelicans every day, he goes seven days, a, well, not seven days a week, he goes five days a week and discusses your favorite NBA team, the New Orleans Pelicans. But that's all the time we have for today. Again, like I said, wish our guy Charles uh, better health so he can come back to us next week. But he will be back next week doing episodes. I believe him and Josh have something planned for you guys, as well as some Saints coverage as we're gearing up. The NFL season's inching closer and closer. But thank you, thank you for allowing me to uh, be the, the fill-in host this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But until next time, enjoy yourselves and God bless you.